Hey, wrestling nerds, you're about to sink your ear holes into a big old serving of the motherfucking IndyCast. For over eight years, the best of independent wrestling interviews, pop fucking culture, debates over topics like breakfast cereals and the Muppets, plus more innuendo than you can shake a goddamn stick at. So here is Maximus Chad Allen, Sticking Fucking Steamboat, Zach Romero, and occasionally Duchess Von Finger Bang, Luna Lynn, as they bring you the Fucking Indie Cats, exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Uh, Chad Allen, Zach Romero, both here with you. Zach, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing just fine, Chad. Lee, doing just fine. Thank you for asking. Well, this is the uh, the first uh, episode in the in the month that we're now officially we've changed the name of it. It's now Nerdvember. Uh, we are taking over the month of November to kind of cover a bunch of nerdy and dumb topics. Not that we can't do that any other month of the year, but we're going to focus on it this year. Now, now uh, it's done with month. purpose. It's done now with it's real done. purpose. Exactly. Uh, we have glorious purpose uh, for us here to, uh, hey. to do a bunch of nerdy stuff. See, I even wound it into something even nerdier. Now, so, I would like to derail the episode first. Oh, you certainly um, may. Uh, so first of all, Chad, let me ask you, uh, again, we paused uh, recording this episode just so we could get yet more hot wrestling goss and news in right. part of our show now. So I'm going to derail this episode with a uh, first question. So it was announced on AEW this week that John Moxley has checked into rehab yes. um, to, I guess, help uh, control um, his budding alcoholism. So Chadley, how do you feel about this and the inclusion of it as television detail because cm punk did a promo about it you know they've talked about it openly right as a company how do you feel about this and how they're handling it so okay let's let's cover two things first off if you're uh, i'm i'm of the belief that if you're entering rehab it's probably not a budding alcoholism problem it's a it's a full-on issue um so but i didn't want to put the guy on blast i didn't want to be well, like I mean, hey, this I fucking think... the, the company drunk is gone i didn't I, want to be like i that. think they put him on blast already just by admitting he did it so um here's here's what i here's how i feel about it. i um i have no problem with them bringing it up and i love the way they've brought it up actually because it is very interesting to me that um how much of a positive spin this has gotten um mm-hmm. where in in the past like oh in the past it would have been oh wrestler a got you know zany horrible accident Right. And now is going to be written off TV for the next six months to a year. Right. So, um, so, I mean, a good for him reaching out to help B good for AEW for, for putting a positive spin on it, both with Tony Khan announcing it, uh, which I think was interestingly enough, a good thing. Cause it, it I mean, they were going to have to explain why he wasn't on the show that week. Anyway, he had a pretty big match scheduled. Um, but then like kind of having punk follow it up, with like his own personal experience because he got shit on all over for uh, basically leaving the company, you know, and, and leaving when he felt like he had just given too much. Um, and he kind of compared that to a little bit to what Moxley might've been having is that he's been, you know, he's giving so much that he's, he's got to stop to think about himself for a little bit. I think that's wonderful. Um, how do I feel about them making it, almost an angle because uh, I guess it kind of is. Um, it, I, I'm, I guess it's better than like Scott Hall's an alcoholic and coming out drunk or, you know, Hawk falling off the Titan Tron. So, True. I mean, that's the way they could have gone with it as is proven in the past, you know um, you know, that's not always handled the best way. Uh, I think when he comes back, he's going to get the biggest hero's welcome you've heard in in quite a while. Uh, probably right behind like Punk making his his walk out into AEW. So, you know what? You know, good uh, good for him getting the help. I hope he gets healthy. I hope he comes back. I know he's got a brand new daughter, um, and I know how 
big of a deal my my daughters are to me so i'm sure it's the same for him and i'm i'm sure that probably had a lot to do with him go reaching out to get the help he's getting so um like i said but i guess my biggest thing is i'm going to hold i'm going to hold any type of concerns until i see how they bring him back uh, so mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't immediately become like a like mjf coming out to talk about how he's such a fucking drunk that's that's probably my biggest fear right right there so that's fair that's fair uh, it's interesting to me not to sound like too snarky or anything like that but it's it is interesting to me that it feels like to a certain degree a lot of aew's uh ju- tough decisions and judgment calls are like all right let's sit down and seriously think how would wwe react to this and then just do the fucking opposite of that. And do the opposite. No, that's a thousand. I think that's frighteningly true. <laughs> it's like that, you know, how do we not look like assholes? Like Vince constantly seems to do lately. So. Okay. So that's uh, derailment number one. Derailment number two. Again, as I said, we purposely delayed the episode a full 24 right. hours in order to allow for this upcoming uh, wrestling news to hit the internet uh wwe has launched a huge series of uh releases due to quote-unquote budgetary cuts right Uh, budgetary cuts right after we came back from saudi arabia right budgetary Uh, cuts nia Jax, eva marie mia yim keith lee lindsey dorado grand metalik um just a ton just ember moon oni lorkin Carrying Cross, Scarlet, yeah. just a ton of names have all just been cut out of the blue here, um, and obviously there's the mixed bag. Uh, similar to Ring of Honor announcing that they were going on hiatus, you've got people right. that are like, "Haha, you deserve it," or whatever, and then people trying to dream book things all of a sudden. Um, I even saw uh, 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 artist and wrestling personality Mayday on Twitter mention like. Hey, yeah, cool that you're suggesting that I book this WWE like free agent. Um, unless you're going to cover trans, uh, you know, room and board booking fee, and, you know, everything else. Um, unless you're going to book that for me and pay for that for me, uh, right. sit tight. I, it's just not happening. Right. And I feel like that's probably a pretty big part of things is like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Every company wants to suddenly, you know, put in whomever but they're all going to have a pretty steep asking price i would imagine yeah oh god yeah and and for a good chunk of them deservedly so i mean especially the ones that everybody's going to really be kind of zeroing in on um like i said uh, killer cross scarlet will probably you know be in fairly high demand i would assume uh keith lee and mia yim pardon my hiccup are both going to be in pretty high demand i assume Mm mm-hmm um, um, which the uh, the thing that always interests me is it feels always like the worst timing because right. it feels like every time the WWE just out of the blue fires somebody, they're always showcased in some kind of project immediately after. Right. Like it's always like, oh, we let go of wrestlers C, D, and E because they, you know, budgetary cuts, we just couldn't keep them around. Also, here's WWE 2K whatever. And all over the advertisements are wrestlers CD and E, and it's like, okay, well, maybe right. you should have told somebody. Because same thing, they just Ringside Collectibles just announced a Mia Yim and a Keith Lee figure, and there was a uh, a Bronson Reed figure in that in that last set too, and they fired him a couple months ago. Yeah. So, like, it, yeah, it uh, between being the the you know. I forget who does their figures right now. Is it um, uh, Mattel? Mattel. So between being part of Mattel and being part of the company that does the 2K series, um, I would have a gun in my mouth now if I worked for WWE, just because it's like <laughs> fucking hell. Like I, you know, because they're. I'm sure that I know they're trying to make a 2K game right now, and like, how many people have they put in that game that they've had to now go in and like take out, change, adjust, you know? what fucking have you because like I, I guarantee you keith lee and me and were both in that game do they keep him in it uh i'm gonna bet bray wyatt was originally in that game do they keep it do they keep him in it like um 
but that's got to be just a, a freaking nightmare for those guys to be like, hey, we're almost done with the game. Oh, we fired a dozen more people. Well, what the fuck? You know, and so. Yeah. I got to talk to one of my, I, I have a friend of mine who actually works in the gaming industry and see what she says about that. I'd be interested to, to see if, they'd be, if they're just like, ah, fuck it, whatever, and and deal with it, or if it's a, uh, you know, if, if it's something where they're really like, you know, shaking their fist to God right now. So, I don't and, know. I, and I'm sure for some of them, it's probably shock for some of the talent. I'm sure it's a relief. Right. Um, you know, the indies are, are really coming into their own again here. Mm. So for a lot of them, I'm sure they're going to get like the heroes welcome when they come back. Yes. And I would also say, I don't believe that it's really viable that all of them are going to suddenly be signed to AEW. That is just way no. too AEW has a, a quite stacked roster right now. I think they, like I said, my bet would be if I, if I was a betting man, uh, I don't know how AEW doesn't grab Keith Lee. I just I see that. I don't see how a ma- another major company and AEW being the one that I'm thinking of here grabs Keith Lee while they're at it. I would not be surprised if they grab me AM and I would not be surprised if they grab Ty Valkyrie. Uh, other than that, I don't see anybody that jumps right out at me that like AEW really needs to snatch up. I feel like Killer Cross and Scarlet will probably go back to Impact where they were previously, mm-hmm. um, and we're doing quite well. Um, I, I'm trying to remember like who else was the big. Those are the big names I remember from that list. But um, like I, I don't know if Nia Jax is going to like stick with wrestling. Um, so who knows? Maybe she'll go somewhere else, or maybe she just goes back to modeling because she was a model. Uh, I mean, Eva Marie's going to go back to modeling. There, I just I refuse to believe she's going to do anything else with wrestling right now. So, um, and the rest of the folks that I think were on that list for the most part were like NXT kids that weren't doing all that much anyway. So, well, except for the one the one woman who was part of hit row they just got rid of her and they just brought hit row up so it's like that really just gobsmacks me i i feel like some days the you know the right hand doesn't know what the hell the left hand is doing when it comes to who they they move up and who they fire so but so so that's all my derailment uh that's all i've got well good i'm gonna derail the other way then my turn to derail a little bit so Here's my kind of derailment question on this one. Based off of the list that we have seen at the, at the time of our recording here, um, if money were no object, and I know that's the big thing, you know, b- paying these people to get here, um, if you had your booking druthers here, because you may or may not have, you know, put together shows before, <laughs> of that list who is one male and one female you want to bring, you'd like to bring in to a fully given fight club. Mm. Good question. So I have to go Mia Yim as our okay. female choice. Okay. Either Mia Yim or Ember Moon. Um, both excellent choices. And the, and that kind of fits um, both elements of the company. Cause you got Mia Yim who is all fight club and you've got Ember moon who is fully gimmicked. Right. So that would be like kind of my choices on that front. Um, and either one of them could have a fantastic match with anybody. Um, for the male talent. Hmm. I think maybe Keith Lee, Go okay. Keith Lee, John Davis. Oh, Oh yeah, you're not wrong. Keith Lee, John Davis is. You know, like, I feel like that's money. I feel that's like that's money. money. That's beyond money. That's. Mm. So, all right. Well, there you go. Well, that's that's. There's my uh, there's uh, my bit of a one because I was interested to see where where you would uh, where you would go booking one. And I think I pretty much agree. I pretty much agree with you on that one. I think that's uh, Keith and Mia were probably the two that I would I would want to have brought in if I had my druthers, but. Now, uh, to the actual main crux of the episode here, since yep. we are starting November, there's been some, you know, recent uh, announcements for some upcoming projects that are building hype. 
as we speak. And I'm not just talking about the House of Gucci trailer, which, by the way, just watched that. I watched the new House of Gucci trailer. I have zero clue, zero clue what the fuck that movie's about. I get that the Gucci family is a thing. No clue what the fuck it's about. It's obviously a period piece. It takes place in like the 80s, it looks like. Right. Um, by the way, how scary is it that you just said a period piece and then followed it's it up a period with the piece 80s. in the 80s? Yes. Yeah. Um, that really hurts my feelings a little. I, <laughs> but I have zero clue. It doesn't look like any kind of movie that like I normally watch. Like Luna and I were talking about this the other day. I don't really watch like dramas or really any kind of serious films at all. I just right. don't, I don't really have patience for them. Like, hey, life is miserable enough. I don't need serious business movie um, right for the most part i'm i'm here for just either like real ridiculous horror shit or i'm watching like mystery science theater i just don't really right gravitate toward same with shows i'm not like oh let me really get depressed i'm like no i'm good um but i watched the trailer and i was just like i don't know what this is about but i definitely i would see this movie um maybe it's just lady gaga really? with like big feathered hair and adam driver with like molester glasses i don't know there's something about it like this looks pretty interesting um but anyways no we're not talking about that for the hype we're talking about uh two trailers that recently dropped this week um that we want to discuss as our own little corner of the nerd uh internet and i'm hoping that we're going to annoy uh some of our listeners who i know have their fingers firmly on the pulse of like comic books and things along those lines. Right. So, uh, Chad, why don't we start with, um, why don't we start with Marvel? So, okay. The full blown ass trailer for the, uh, Morbius movie starring Jared Leto finally hit. Right. What do you, what do you, what do you think of this thing? <laughs> um, it, so, couple things uh well wait, wait, wait. let's get some context hold on, hold, on, hold on let's get a little context here okay you're a fan of the marvel movies yes uh definitely yes you just recently went through like the marathon viewing of the marvel movies correct we actually still have to finish up we still have to finish up the two big ones at the end we uh we have been a little lazy on uh, getting to the last couple with the girls but uh but yes I, i'm through the majority of the uh the movies right now absolutely so proceed with your hot take uh i i need somebody to explain to me okay uh why uh the the comic book companies want jared leto to be a move a, a cartoon character so bad um i i just don't quite get it um so you know, but I mean, he's not bad. It's not horrendous per se, but it's still like, I, 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 feel, I feel like they just pick him because it's like, oh, he's like a weird kind of artsy white guy. It could be so, but, um, but yeah, with Jared, he, he doesn't look bad in this one. I th- I like him for this for better for this than I did Joker, but I still feel like there was, I don't know who, but I feel like there's somebody. There could have been somebody better than Jared Leto for this character. Um, but I'm not against what I saw. Um, I don't know how big it's going to be though. Like that's the thing. It's gonna. It's it's weird. I can't. I, like I can't tell if it's actually going to hit or not. I I hope it does. It's an interesting character from the comics, but. Well- Here's here's my thought. Mm-hmm. I think this is a firm belief of mine for Morbius, the living vampire. I feel the same way I feel about any kind of portrayal of Dracula. Okay. Which is anybody who plays Dracula, you should be un, unknowingly foreign. Okay. Like you should be like at at some point in every Dracula movie, somebody should say, where did you say you were from again? Right. That's, that's, that should come up. Okay. And so I feel like with Morbius, it's the same thing. Like, I feel like he should be, you know, who would actually be a perfect, uh, Morbius 
Tommy Wiseau. That's <laughs> okay. That's the ideal Morbius because like just like where the hell are you from? And he's like, yeah. I'm trying the experiment. I'm fed up with this world. Like that's we could Yeah, you can't you can't tell like where the hell he's from. The accent doesn't make any sense. The no, yeah, I, I see where you're at on that one there. So um but that aside, overall, what did you think of how the trailer looks? Did it hook you? And um, are you like actually interested in seeing this movie at all? Uh, I will definitely go see it. I'm I'm hooked enough, I think. Um, I don't know. You know, the funny part is I always have to kind of judge movies some days on whether it is something that I would actually want to pay to see in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And... I am interested in seeing it. I don't know how badly I want to see it in a theater, though. Um, I guess that's that's the weird part from there. It's like, I just don't know. Is it enough for me to pay, like, legit movie theater money to go see it? And I'm not sure if I'm feeling that. But I, I'd like to see it. I'm not against the idea of seeing it. Um, so, uh, So I don't know if that totally makes sense. But that's... Like I'm okay with it once it gets out into like once it gets on, you know, on demand. On demand, or yeah. Like that. I was just gonna say I'm a very lazy Marvel movie fan. <laughs> okay. So, you know, there's a few that I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go to the theater and see these damn things. But right. for the most part, I'm very just like, yeah, I'll get around to it. Um, like I still haven't seen the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. I, and uh, you should. They're actually very good. So um, I've heard nothing but good things, but I just have not gotten around to them. Um, but that being said, I'm pretty like about this one just because it was first of all, it was supposed to come out a year ago. Right. And it hasn't. But they keep trying to kind of play it off as though it's going to kind of tie into what's currently going on with like multiverse of madness, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of references to like the other Spider-Man movies. And there's even a reference to like live action, black cat being a thing. Oh, really? I did not. uh... Yeah. In the newspaper that uh, Morbius is reading on the top, you know, the main headline is like, Oh, Dr. Morbius arrested for vampire murder, which is like no newspaper would ever post that. Um, But at the top of the newspaper, there's some, like, teaser headlines for other parts of the paper, and one of them says, Black Cat, Friend or Foe. Oh, very interesting. Oh, shit, what does that mean? So it's one of those things where, like, was this just them being like, hey, let's just make references to fucking whatever, or is it, you know, especially with... um, With Marvel movies in general... They're basically asking to be deep dived on and like scoured and like, oh, what is it? Is this connected to this? Does this mean this? You know, so I don't know. I, I don't know if that's just baiting or what it is. Could be. But I don't know. I'm a little iffy. Matt Smith appears to be the um, the villain as potentially like another evil vampire. So, right. Interesting to see how that will go. Matt Smith keeps getting stuck playing villains, and I don't know if he's natural, necessarily terribly good at it, but he keeps getting the bookings, so good for him. Right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see what he's like as a villain, because obviously whenever I see Matt Smith, I immediately picture, you know, goofy 11th Doctor. Um, You know, so definitely the goofiest of the grouping. So... Um, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see like how he does as a bad guy. Uh, I, I'm assuming he'll probably be pretty good, but um, well, the other thing that's interesting, same thing with the Eternals that's coming out soon. Yeah, is we're definitely reaching this point now where seemingly we can kind of experiment a little bit more, right? Because you know. Like Morbius is getting closer to like Blade and like other more right. 
non-traditional comic book hero kind of books. So if it does well, then that continues to take us to like, okay, so literally, you know, we might be able to make anything into a movie. And same thing with Eternals. Eternals is so far pulled back from, you know, traditional superhero movies that it's like, well, if that works out, then there really is no limit. We can just tell whatever story we want. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of how this all comes together. And if it does, does it actually tie into things? Is it going to just be its own thing like Venom was and then like try to daisy chain itself on the back end or, you know. Well, and, and let me say real quickly here before I say this next part, um, spoiler alert, big spoiler alert. I'm going to give a good five count pause here before I say the next thing. So if you want to fast forward past me here for a little bit, you get a chance to. So here's your, here's your brief moment of silence. Okay, if you're still listening, it's your own fault. I gave you plenty of warning. Um, With how much they're now tying Venom into the current Spider-Man movie that's coming out, um, because ultimately that's becoming a thing, Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that they had um, Vulture in the the Morbius Mm -hmm. thing, uh, it does make me question how much m- more crossover are we going to get for stuff like that? Because um, it's interesting you mentioned Blade, because Blade is coming out at some point. Do Blade and Morf- uh, Morbius end up like becoming part of a thing? Do they cross over to that? Because it would make sense to have them do so. I mean, unless I guess you know they want to kill Morbius, but I mean, I just I feel like there's something there you could do with that as well. So, agreed. So, by the way, speak, you had mentioned the um, Eternals. Uh, I'm very interested in the fact that they are getting like review bombed right now, even though the movie I don't believe comes out till later on this weekend. Um, but what are your thoughts on the uh, review bombing? Because apparently uh, it's because one of the characters in the movie is gay. Um, and and I don't like and I know they did this like I know Captain Marvel got review bombed because heaven forbid they do a you know strong woman lead in a move in a comic book movie. But uh, what are you, what are your thoughts of the very I, kind of dumb bombing? The, the 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 foolishness of it, the foolishness because like for the Eternals in particular. It's so weird and so beyond the norm of, you know, the comic book movie. Because it's like, okay, so we've got What If, which is already asking some from from the audience, which has The Watcher, which is like, okay, so that's a pretty big cosmic idea. Now, this is even beyond that. This is like, hey, here's how the universe was created. These are like gods. And so it's like a real big pullback. And maybe too weird for people like maybe too like there was already a chance this wasn't going to go gangbusters just because people were going to be like the fuck am i even looking at right so to turn around and go hey this movie is progressive and now i'm outraged by it right and now i'm going to bring a lot of attention to it by being very vocal and out loud pooping all over this thing. Now, suddenly, people who maybe were on the fence are like, wait a minute, what? It's progress. What? Gay? Oh, I didn't. All right. Well, you, let me see what all the hubbub's about. Right. That's still a thing. The let me see what all the hubbub's about is still actively a thing. And so I feel like if they really were against it and like this is an outrage and yada yada then they should have just shut the fuck up and moved on to something else and just left it to kind of just fizzle. Because like I said, it's, there's no guarantee that it's going to do well because it's such a weird kind of subject to be tackling that I'd say there was a very good chance that it was going to just shit the bed, that it could just shit the bed. Right. But by going, Oh my God, look at this thing and how outrageous it is. You're now instead drawing attention and maybe people like i said who were on the fence are now considering it when before they would have just slipped right by and they would have forgotten it 
Right. No, and, I, and the funny part is, I don't know if they under, I, and I wish people would kind of understand that some days, that, hey, it's really dumb if you keep making a big deal out of stuff like that, because all it is is just going to make more people get drawn right to it. Um, right. I don't know, but that. But yeah, overall, Morbius, I'm not terribly excited for. I'm just sort of like, okay, this is because like I remember him in the like Spider-Man cartoon in the nineties and right. the comics, like he's just sort of a goober. And the like it's one of those things where it's like there's so many characters. There's so many characters. And to go like, no, 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 no. We need the vampire with baggage. It's like, oh, all right, well, that's that's an odd choice, but okay. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird choice to start with, but it's like, okay, but I don't really give a shit, so it's fine. So, uh, by the way, can I can I interrupt briefly for breaking news? This does still fit into the uh, into our nerdy thing here because this fits into uh, yours and mine. Uh, Broadway nerdiness a bit here. Uh-oh. Um, so, uh, director John M. Chu, who is uh, the one that is directing the soon-to-be uh, made Wicked movie, oh, based yes, off okay. of the Broadway musical, uh, has announced uh, the casting of their uh, um, um, uh, Alfaba, I forget how to pronounce the name, uh, apologies, and Galinda. And I'm interested to see your thoughts. Um, uh, Elphaba is being played by an, a, 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 an actress named Cynthia uh, Irivo, uh, who I think is best known for winning the Tony for being in the Color Purple show that was on Broadway not that long ago. Okay. Um, uh, and she looks like she could be very interesting for this character. Galinda is being played by Ariana Grande. Hmm. And well, I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about that right away. So I, I'm interested in getting your very nerdy Broadway thoughts on this one here. Well, I suppose if we're going for like how are we gonna make money on this thing to the normies, right. then I suppose putting Ariana Grande in is not the worst idea. Right. You know, Taylor Swift was in Cats, and it's not like Ariana Grande didn't act before. She has been on Nickelodeon shows, so. And I'll even give her a little bit of a minor Broadway cred. She did do the uh, Hairspray um, live broadcast that they did on, what was it, like NBC or ABC? I forget who was doing the the theatrical broadcast for a while. Um, So she was in that Hairspray um performance they did as well and she actually wasn't too bad in that so so i feel like it's kind of i mean it could work out okay i suppose i mean she is an actress you know and a singer but it also feels a lot like hey you know what will get a lot of people to come see your film adaptation of a broadway musical right get her in there right i mean i guess there was there was no way to bring back like there's no way to really use like Kristen Chenoweth in them in, in this one here, um, considering obviously you're you're playing them when they were younger and in college uh, type of situation. And Kristen Chenoweth is uh, now 53. So, yeah, um, a little bit. A little, uh, yeah. So. Don't get me wrong. Kristen Chenoweth could still get it. Um, but well, uh, let me let me ask you this. So do you <laughs> yeah. think. Is there a way to get the musical to work, the Broadway musical to work on screen? Because, like, so we've got Wicked. We've got Steven Spielberg doing West Side Story for some god-awful reason. Right. You know, there was, we had Lin-Manuel do Into the Heights, which I don't know how well that did, but I know it was, like, a thing. I, I think because of how it got released, since it was, again, one of those things that got released both on like in theaters and HBO Max. Oh, true. Um, so it's, I think it's they hard shot to... it in the foot. So, yeah. Um, I feel like 
I feel like there's a possibility. Um, there's some hope for it. I, I'm not. I'm not immediately going to shit on it. Um, I guess I am just. I don't understand why some days they. And there was a, a, a somebody on YouTube who had a whole thing on this one on like why it's a, a pain to do it. But I still feel like that if there is a Broadway musical that really captures not just New York, but really starts to like become popular culture. Like there's a lot of Broadway shows that that have gone on and off Broadway and, and nobody else would have even remotely known about it. Mm -hmm. Um but there are certain shows out there that just become phenomena. Wicked is definitely one of them. I think the one I can think of that was probably before that would have been like, and I hate, I hate to say it because I hate the musical, but Mamma Mia uh, really mm -hmm. like became a, a legit cultural phenomenon outside of just it being, you know, in New York. Um, why big movie companies don't see this becoming a thing and instead of going you know what we need to do we need to film this in a movie and take it set and just set up a multi-camera shoot for the broadway show and put that on a screen like they did with hamilton i don't i don't get why that doesn't happen more often that i totally agree i think for a lot of plays that really do kind of go beyond and become a cultural landmark that like the path of least resistance that's going to make just everyone happy is just do a very high quality filming of the stage play. Right. Because bullshitting around and trying to expand it into a movie or make it film like a movie or God help us, you know, instead of having the regular actors in it, instead you're like, well, it's gotta be a, a, a lister. And even though this guy can't sing, he's got to do it now. Like, instead of going through that whole rigmarole, just do a high-quality filming of it. Because, conversely, Broadway is, like, weirdly cut off. Like, they do that. They film, like, a high-quality rip of, like, every big Broadway play. Mm -hmm. And they just fucking lock it away. And right. they don't show anybody. And I'm like, what? what is the point? Why not? You know what it reminds me of, though? It's definitely like, because, again, you and I have both done theater in the past. We we both have theater backgrounds. It It's definitely, the, for some reason, they will put all this money into filming this to basically make it like all the kids that after the, the show is done go over to whoever's house is having the goddamn cast party <laughs> and pops that tape into the, into the, you know, for me, the VHS player, for you, the DV, you know, the DVD player to sit down and like watch the show over again that you just fucking performed. And That's every true. single one of us have been at a, at a cast party where that has happened, where it's just like everybody's sitting around watching the show now. Cause they couldn't see it. Cause I was on stage earlier. Right. And, and you've been rehearsing this for months. Why do, why do you need to watch it? But that's, that's what I feel like that is. It's just a really big expensive version of that. Um, and, but like I said, why they, um, like it took, you know, and who's, here's another good show for this one here. It took Rent forever to come out with like a, a taped version of the just the stage play. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it took them to like their 25th anniversary or something like that before it got released as a as like, oh, hey, by the way, we filmed the stage production. Yeah, by the like, way, we filmed that thing that everybody wanted to sing. Right. Like well, if you'd done that like ages ago and, and I know like. I think Broadway still has this some weird dumb idea that like, oh well, if we show it on there, what's what's the, the reason for people to to come to the theaters? And I can tell you that if you've got a really good show and I watch it on my TV, I want to see it in the theater. Even I want to go to the to see it in person even more. I I saw the producers' movie, the musical version of it, long before I saw the producers on Broadway. But you better believe after I got to see. Uh, you know, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick's movie version of it, I wanted to go see it on Broadway. Yeah, exactly. So why wouldn't I? I mean, it was a great show. So, um, but if they had filmed, and there's another one right there, the producers became a huge hit. If you had filmed Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane on stage with the audience reactions and stuff, how much more interesting would that have been? And and I, I hope more people get the idea of that being a thing with how well Hamilton did. Because like Hamilton, I, when that came out, the world exploded. 
I 100% agree. I feel like that's such a missed opportunity. And I'm hoping that, I mean, there was, there's kind of a Lin-Manuel backlash now, but like in general, I think that's just a great idea for Broadway plays that really take off. Because fucking, how much would that have helped fucking Cats out? Right. Like, I know obviously Cats have been around forever and they do have like a taped Broadway version, but I'm saying like, if you were going to do, if you put the money that they spent on CGIing buttholes on cats. Right. And instead we're like, hey, we're just going to do like a really, really high def cut of the current best version of the cats play. Right. Then the weirdos who would have liked that would have been like, fuck yeah. You could still even release it on Christmas. Be like, hey, you don't got nothing going on? Come see cats. Right. It's been around for a hundred years. Great. People are going to be more willing to see that versus, oh, hey, here's, we got the thing, like, um, perfect example. I wish Luna was here. Um, Into the Woods. She loves Into the Woods. Yeah. And Bernadette Peters, you ain't getting any better than her. Right. We saw the movie version in theaters. It was okay. Right. Everybody tried. There were some people who obviously had slightly more singing chops than others, but seeing Chris Pine tear his shirt open because he was such a hunky Prince Charming. I mean, that's going, are you seriously from, from the, out of the crypt, the, the sickly Luna crawls out to give her opinion. All right. Hold <laughs> she, on everybody. She heard, she heard Broadway and is she, now like, she heard into the in. woods and Bernadette Peters. It's like Beetlejuice three times. Uh, <laughs> we'll come down and infect everything okay, with your sickness. Great. Thanks. So we're discussing slightly uncomfortable transition. Yeah. We're discussing I don't even know how the hell we got on the subject, but <laughs> Broadway instead of trying to do big Hollywood remakes of Broadway musicals, oh, with yeah, just different film the cats, just film the fucking yeah, thing absolutely. like Hamilton. Okay, so can... uh interruptive what's up slots? There you go. I, I was, was hoping indeed... you I was oh, hoping you'd hit the I was hoping you'd hit the intro on the way in. That was I was, I was like, if she doesn't hit the intro, I'm gonna be pissed. So oh, I have to. Yes, I was right? indeed summoned because I heard him talking about cats, and I'm like, fucking whatever. I haven't seen cats, even though like I'm a theater fucking nerd. So don't sue me for that. But then I heard into the woods, and I was like, all right, I've got opinions, so I'm gonna have to sneak my way in here. So welcome in Sniffles. So well, yeah, thank no, we, you. yeah, we, first time in over a year I've been fucking sick, and I'm so mad about it. It's not COVID. I'm just gross yeah so uh so here's kind of how we got here to, to kind of mm. fill you in because it's like i don't even know how we got here um they announced the um two lead uh cast members for the wicked uh movie that's coming out oh okay. uh, and uh one of them who is playing afelba is uh the uh, actress who won the tony award for the color purple musical that was out for a little while so she's playing Afelba, uh, but then Ariana Grande is playing Glinda. Oh, and that was, that was where the conversation kind of started, was like, uh, Ariana Grande? Uh, and then we got talking about how we couldn't, obviously we can't cast like Kristen Chenoweth anymore. She's 53. Uh, so that doesn't really fit anymore. But, but then it's like, but, Ariana Grande. well, but, but so then we, but then it brought us back to even more of, well, you know, if they had just filmed, like Kristen Chenoweth and Dina Menzel back in the day when Wicked was such a big, huge thing and released it as a fucking movie by now. Well, here's the bullshit. The movie right? would be even bigger. The so. bullshit is that Broadway is a motherfucker. So everything that's on Broadway, they do a high def, beautiful filmed version of. And, and then they exactly fucking the store it in the fucking goddamn vault and then they don't release it. So Hamilton was the right. first one, like on a mass scale, to break that seal and go, fuck you, we're releasing this, which. Right. Amen. Like whether however people feel about Lin Manuel Miranda, he was so determined to make Broadway and the show accessible, and I yeah. praise him forever for that. It's the and same kind actually... of thing. Like I don't care how old Adina Menzel is. Like one, she can still get it, but two, like she <laughs> made that. Like nobody would have given as much of a fuck about Wicked if she didn't fucking own that. Like how do right. you like how disrespectful? To cast so, Ariana Goddamn Grande, who I don't even think that bitch has done any like theater work. 
Ah, well, okay. So the, you're, so you missed, this is the part of the conversation you missed with Zach and I, she has done a little, I don't know if she's ever done actual Broadway, uh-huh. but she has done a couple of shows because she did do the like ABC live broadcast of hairspray. She was in that. Ugh. So I don't even she know ha- if those count as shows. Um, I'm going to count them because they're ultimately like stage shows. Uh, so I'll give them, I'll give at least partial credit for it. Um, yeah. and she wasn't bad. So I can, I can definitely say that she wasn't horrendous in it. Oh, that's um, good. so, um, there, there could be promise for her as Galinda. Um, I, I also do find it funny that, that you and me both also said something very similar, uh, because I definitely said Kristen Chenoweth could still get it at 53. Totally. Um, I'm totally, I'm totally about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, Zach had mentioned the, the vault thing that you had talked about. And yes. I, and I agree that it's basically the same thing as when, um, because we all did theater in the past when you do a show uh, and you film it and then all the only persons that ever get to see it are the people that go and sit down and watch it at the cast party later because for some reason you have to rewatch the show again that you just fucking performed like an hour ago so (laughs) we used to do the same thing with bam too like i was very much an extra like in high school theater like i never was anything worthwhile but we would do the exact same thing with, because of course I was in fucking marching band, but we would go to a competition. We would do the show. Holy shit. We would come back immediately, watch it. And then just like critique everything that we did. Right. Exactly. Well, that, and that's theater to a T right there. That's like yeah. mocking. It's like mystery science theater, you know, <laughs> 3000. Exactly. You all just oh my God. Look at my face on the same. Yeah. Right. So, but, uh, so what are your thoughts on the, the end of the woods musical versus the end of the woods movie then? Cause that's obviously that's where, that's, that's where somebody said Beetlejuice three times and you appeared. They so. did. Um, I love into the woods. Um, we actually, our band director was the first one who showed it to us because you know, music, whatever it was good. Um, and so like it slaps start to finish. Like, I love the way all the stories are tied together. I love that they bring in elements from the actual fairy tales, like um, with Cinderella, the stepsister, like cutting off part of her heel to make her foot fit in the shoe and stuff like that. Like, and they're getting their fucking eyes pecked out later. Like, spoiler alert, I guess, for anybody who doesn't know actual fairy tales. Um, but I love the original, like the Broadway cast. And I feel like with play I, I don't know if it's unique to theater I guess but I'm gonna say so like it feels a lot like Doctor Who and that whoever your first doctor is is always like your go-to doctor mm-hmm. I mean 99 percent of the time and I feel like theater is very much the same way like whatever cast that you saw first is like the one that you just emotionally latch on to and you're like oh yes this is my emotional support rent or my emotional support into the woods um and so, like, the Bernadette Peters, like, actual, like, OBC cast for is very much that for me. Because she's so good is the wedge. And, like, I love Bernadette Peters anyway. Because I know, like, she's very distinct. And I just, uh, I adore her anyway. Right. Um, and the movie wasn't bad. But I feel like they didn't know what to do with the fact that it was a musical. Like, none of the ads for it really harped on the fact that it was a musical. Like... They didn't really push it as a musical. It was just like, oh, this is kind of a quirky movie. And I guess fucking what's his face sings for a little bit. James Corden. And you're like, what? What? So like knowing a lot about Into the Woods, I was like, all right, well, the marketing for this already is sus. Like, right. Um, But like Zach said, you know, Chris Pine is a king. So anything he's involved in, like 10 out of 10. Um, but I don't know, like, it was, it's weird because whenever they translate something to a movie, there's certain magic that you get with theater that there's both good and bad when it translates to a movie. Like, I right. am an absolute apologist for movie Phantom because I love Gerard Butler and I don't give a shit. But I love the scene that I always go to and, like, why the movie version of that is magic is when he first takes her through the mirror and, like, everything is beautiful and gorgeous and, like, there's the people who are like painted gold holding the candelabras. Like you're so immersed in what she's seeing and what she's believing in that moment. And like, you couldn't get, I don't think you capture that same feeling like in the play version of it. It's just like, Oh look, they're going on the boat, you know, and like there's smoke or whatever, but like you really kind of see what she sees. And then later in the movie, when she goes back through the mirror again, it's like, there's dirty and there's cobwebs and there's rats. And you're like, what the fuck? But she was so spellbound by him in that moment that like, that's how she was seeing this. Right. And I'm sorry, I'm completely rambling, but um and in Into the Woods, like, you know, the bits with the giant and like uh the fucking cow, like it's so good on the theater version of it is so good because you totally suspend your disbelief for this very silly farcical series of events. 
and like certain things I feel like work so much better with it because you can't see it. You can't see the giant because it's a fucking, you know, stage play. You just hear like the big thumps and the voiceover or whatever. And like, you don't see Jack go up the beanstalk, you know, because it's just the theater and Jack can't go up the beanstalk. So like, there's so much suspension of disbelief that like, you're sort of brought into the joke of the play with Into the Woods. And I feel like it lost a lot of that, like, when you can just CGI a giant. Exactly, when you can just CGI right. it. Or like, oh, well, now you can see the whole thing. Like, well, the point was I didn't see it. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a weird suspension of disbelief on both sides, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And for Into the Woods, I feel like just the, the it was made to be like a stage play, and so I don't know right. that the movie captures that same essence. And I guess that's my biggest question, though, as in why I why I kind of wish they would release some of those Broadway recordings more is I think a lot of what gets lost when they do go to the movie is they do kind of walk away from the suspension of disbelief a little bit that mm-hmm. theater kind of forces you to do. And I think that that is part of the magic of Broadway. Um, and I know the other big thing for like, for Broadway, and I, and I had mentioned this to Zach uh, a little earlier, was that for Broadway, they all, the excuse I've always heard is it's like, well, if they release it in like in the movies, what's the reason for people to come see it on Broadway? And I'm like, oh, well, live is a totally you... different experience. Exactly. And that's why I said it's like, no, if you've got a good show, it's a good show. People are going to want to see it no matter what. That would be like um, saying, oh, well, uh, I'm not going to release an album or I'm not going to put my music on Spotify because then why would you come see me live? Like, right. because it's a fucking different, it's totally different. Like, right watching it on a movie is fine but seeing it live again it's like it'd be like rocky horror like seeing it live and with an audience in the midnight and the shadow cast is totally different than just watching the dvd at home i mean i'm still saying parts but like it's still different from watching it at home in your living room in your jammies like it's a completely different experience and for people who get it they're gonna get it like we're still gonna go fucking see it live and uh, also oh no go ahead sorry uh, I was about to say, also, just uh, briefly, since we talked about Bernadette Peters, I had to look up Bernadette Peters, currently 73, um, could also still get it right now. Could totally um, still get it. Uh, she was on an episode of Grey's Anatomy a little while ago. Like, she still looks fucking great. Yeah, so so that was that. So what were you getting ready to say? I just had, I just had to say I would. No, yeah, totally. totally. Like, absolutely. Back. Basically, so, like, the Broadway ladies can get it forever. Like, that's just Yeah, it. pretty much. Um, yeah. But like you'd said, when they when he goes to a movie and you sort of lose, you know, what you could get in the theater, like just because Hamilton's the most recent example and like the biggest one that like everybody's actually been able to see it, but the way that they, and like how you said with the theater, how it forces you to get creative with certain set pieces and things like the way that Hamilton is staged physically with like the props and the furniture and the, like the whole set piece is so minimalist and they do so much with it that that mm-hmm. has blown my mind since day one. Like, the stage yeah. moving is cool. Like, that's a neat effect. I don't think it was, like, necessary. But even the way that they transition scenes from, like, when they're in the, like, pub or the tavern or whatever to, like, everything sort of becomes something else or that they throw things to each other, which boggles my mind because I am not coordinated as fuck. So I'm like, how are you not dropping shit all the time? But, like, they got so clever and so creative with, okay, we need this one set to be a thousand different things. And here's how we're going to do that versus like if you made a movie of that, well, you would physically be at the the tavern thing. You would physically be in the White House or it probably wasn't the White House at the time, but like you would be wherever the fuck they were holding Congress at the time. Like it right. would have a totally different feel because you're not limited to what you can do on the theater, which creates a totally different set of like a way to be creative and like way to bring that in like it's again it's just a totally different experience like i can't imagine like just going to watching a movie of that and just having it be normal like oh there were going to these places like no no i want to see the guy flip over the thing and when they're all standing on crates and the world turned upside down and you're like holy sweet jesus moly like it has a whole nother level to everything that you're hearing and seeing and feeling and like it just i can't like it boggles my mind that people would be like oh yeah no you don't have to worry about that when we're gonna make the movie like no that's totally different right it's so important <clears throat> yeah, Zach's just staring at me. So I'm gonna conclude my theater gay rant. So thank you for letting me step in. I woke from I, my coffin like the fucking yeah. cryptkeeper, mm-hmm. and uh, had to interject. You're still on the intro. You can you can dive in whenever you want. You realize? Good. So. Thank you. Yeah, I like this. I'm just gonna make like a hot tag. You know, 
do fucking give you some heat and then run out. Um, yeah, Bernadette Peters can still get it. And uh, <laughs> Into the Woods is awesome. If you haven't seen it for anybody listing, the dozens of dozens. Um, I think you watch it on YouTube. There's got to be somewhere that you can watch well, the original. That, tell them about that whole subgenre <laughs> of YouTube videos that are... Oh, slang like, tutorials. Slang tutorials. Yeah, so uh, one fun way to get around, if you need it, um, to find, like, bootlegged or, like, butt cam footage of either Broadway shows or things that, like, aren't on streaming services... Typically, if you search for whatever it is and slime tutorial on YouTube, that's how they get around saying, like, quote unquote, it's a movie. Because that was how I found my first bootleg, uh, like, ass cam version of Hamilton. Um, So if you can't find the original Into the Woods for some reason on streaming, um, I feel like it's on something. I just don't remember what. But I know I have, like, a hard copy on DVD from years ago. Um, But it is if you're into, like, theater at all or, you know, just sort of the idea of old school fairy tales, like, it is 100% fantastic and uh what's what's her fucking name who played the witch in the new one? Oh, um like i know who she is meryl, like, streep. meryl streep yeah like she tried bless her heart but like no and it's one of those like it, within dita menzel and um wicked like she defined the role and everybody else is like good luck filling those shoes and so bernadette peters is the witch is the same way like she defined this bitch good luck like because you're not gonna hit it well, it's like, hamilton you know like Oh, it's yeah. off Broadway version, and everyone's doing their best, but you're not the original cast. Yeah, like, nice try. And that's why I feel like you get that Doctor Who moment of, like, this is my emotional support cast, and this is what I'm clinging to. Like, this is the only one that I will accept. And so I get I get very much like that. Uh, the original Stephen Sondheim Into the Woods with Bernadette Peters that was released in, like, the 90s, uh, 1991 to be exact. Uh, can be uh, rented on Amazon. Okay, cool. Uh, so Amazon Prime. So if you've got Prime, you can rent it for like three bucks, or you can just buy it for nine. It's a, uh, it's actually yeah. uh, very affordable, and has uh, Bernadette Peters playing, uh, playing the lead. So if you're going to, it twice the price. Hell yeah. If you're going to go see it, that's the, if you're going to see it, that's the one to go to go catch. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for letting me do the run-in. I will uh, pass the headset back to Zach, and you guys don't sure. have to listen to me be stuffy anymore. Yeah. Bye, Sniffles. Mini so. doozies. I'm just going to play the recording of you explaining the difference between seeing a show live and, and, and seeing quote-unquote movie, but just cut in professional wrestling, because it's the same thing. <laughs> like, right. it's a totally different experience. Yeah, you can... You can 100% you can 100% watch a pay-per-view on TV and don't get me wrong it's great um most of the time there's some real shit Sometimes. out there lately um but um yeah no being there in person and like screaming along is so much better so yeah. much better so yeah. so oh. uh it turned out we nerded down about Broadway musicals yeah as part of uh, so. the introductory to uh, Nerdvember and uh, well, here real quickly. So uh, the last thing we did need to cover was uh, was Book of Boba Fett. Um, let's do ten words or less. Huh? What were your thought on on Book of, Book of Boba Fett? Just so we can say we covered all the topics we were originally um, coming in with. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm counting my words here. Because uh-huh. I can do it in three if you want. Yeah, you start with three. Sopranos in space. <laughs> not wrong not wrong um i mean i'm looking forward to it don't get me wrong but totally sopranos in space right there so permanent face turn jennifer beals dance competition better happen bitch there you go. Yes. I don't think that I don't think that part will happen. I don't think we're I don't think she's going to be pouring water on herself, sadly. Well, um, here's the thing. Like <laughs> that particular casting caught me off guard. I was like, oh, shit. So now I'm wondering, does like Dave Filoni have the like big black book of actors and actresses that George Lucas wanted to originally book for the original trilogy, but they were too busy? Possibly. So he was like, oh, we're making up for lost time. We, you know. But uh, I don't know. It looks interesting. I'm just I'm kind of interested that like we're really, really cementing the good guy Boba Fett gimmick, it seems. Yeah. 
when it's like no, you know he did transport and almost kill Han Solo. Remember? Yeah. Like, no, he's he is definitely uh, somewhere along the way. Um, definitely did like the Stone Cold turn. I, I yeah. like I don't know what happens. Like he's not changing anything at all, but now like now they're marking out for him. Uh, but I guess they have been because he looks cool. I mean, let's be honest. What, but it what used to be he looked cool and was kind of a bad guy, and now it's he's look he looks cool and he's basically a good guy. I don't know if I would necessarily totally call him a good guy. I guess we'll have to see kind of where this goes. Oh, there's the there's the hook um, of the show, right? So, but I'll be very interested. I mean, they would take one advice. They would have gotten us with Boba Fett pretty much no matter what. I think we would have probably watched it. So. Well, um, since Mandalorian, I've been a lot more trusting of like, all right, let's see this new nonsense. I've even sat through the goddamn Bad Batch, and I didn't even watch any of the other like prequel shows. How, how was that? I didn't. I haven't got a chance to watch that yet. Pretty interesting, actually. Is it okay? Um, because sort of the I, I I'm guessing it picks up after some kind of show that I didn't. I definitely didn't watch. But it's basically the Boba Fett Bad News Bears. Okay. It's a team, uh, it's the A-team of um, clones of Boba Fett or Jango Fett or whatever the fuck. And each of them has one attribute that was like all, everything was put into. So one guy's huge and bulky, but he's dumb. One guy's a tech nerd, but he's like weak. You know, there's like the the leader guy, you know, B.A. Baracus is there, like everybody. Okay, fine. So that's part one. And then part two is... This is sort of justifying or at least giving slightly more explanation to the question brought up by the prequels, which was, if you have an endless supply of clone soldiers, why would you throw that away and just start grabbing random rubes off the street and putting them in a helmet? Right. And so the show is like kind of trying to justify that within universe. Right. Well, good. But there's like a young computerized uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, and so I'm like, all right, I'm happy. Uh, by the way, we'll briefly end on 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 this little bit of trivia that I, I have learned from back in the day. Uh, uh, the actor who played Grand Moff uh, Tarkin in the original movies, um, uh, Peter Cushing, Peter Cushing thought the uh, boots that he had for the costume were uh, too uncomfortable. So he only wore them for a few scenes when actually his like the boots could actually be seen. What did what did Peter Cushing wear uh, for the rest of the time he was recording Star Wars? Um, I hope they were like Chuck Taylors, like they were like ratty tennis shoes. That would be a great a great guess, but no. What did he wear? He had a big old pair of fuzzy slippers. Hell yeah! So. There's a certain level of, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want when you're, like, an older British actor. Right. Like, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure Judy Dench probably demands the same thing. I, I guarantee it. So, Like, she was running around in fuzzy slippers in, like, you know, Skyfall or whatever with James Bond. There was a great thing. I, I had seen a clip, speaking of Judy Dench, on, um, I forget that show that, um... Oh, I'm Are you tying probably... it back around? Are we talking about the show Staged? Yes. Um, but like they, they're asking her, they were like, they're asking her about like, well, you were ahead of this person in this movie. Like you're, you came first and it's like, yes, they're, they're like, arguing about like placement order of names on right. like a, either credits or a poster. Right. And she ultimately is like, well, why do you get to be first? And she's like, cause I'm me. That's like, which is yeah, just they were the like, greatest. Like, how, why do you get to be first? Even if you don't show up first alphabetically. And she's like, because I'm Judy Dench. Cause I'm Judy Dench. And that's, that's the answer. And I'm not going to argue her. That's, and we that's have to wrap sure. this up now because Luna heard me say staged and she's trying to climb out of her crypt again. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Put her back in the crypt so that yeah, we, we get a, we're trying to lock the lid down tightly, but, uh, yeah. but yes. Yeah, so uh, that's, uh, that's our introduction into nerd Vember. Yep. Uh, it took some twists and turns. I think we all learned something here. Also, we did, uh, you know, if anybody we mentioned and name dropped wants to be on our show, Bernadette Peters, you want to be on our podcast? Come, you know, let us know. Bernadette Peters, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, yeah. Lynn Manuel Miranda. If any of you um, want to be on the show, we'll we'll make room. And you all can get it still. Congratulations. Yeah. And you so. can congrats. You can all still get it. You can all uh, still get it. So, so if you've got any topics or any ideas that you want us to del- deep dive into for Nerd Vember, let us know. 
Yep. Uh, feel free to start spamming your favorite uh, pop culture nerds with our show and oh, pressure yeah. them into being on it. Uh, follow us on social media uh, at IndieCast on Twitter, Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Um, leave us a review somewhere, even if it's just written on a bathroom wall. Um, <laughs> Take a picture of it, send it to us. Yeah, we'll post it. Um, yeah, and until uh, next time, I am uh, I could I can't come up with a Broadway name, so I'm just I'm still going to be uh, Sticky Steamboat. Uh, and considering Coculus Maximus was actually kind of stolen from a Broadway show, that's it's from that's, yeah. As I say, that's my favorite Shakespearean uh, actor. So there you go, <laughs> Coculus Maximus. That's yes. it's also I some. Saw, uh, uh, I saw him do uh, Waiting for Godot with Biggest Dickus. So Biggest uh, Dickus. There we go. Uh, I have done form in the past actually so uh but and, uh, until next time everybody i am as always coculus maximus uh and as we, we always so say deuces a jump scare is the canadian destroyer of horror films pardon me might i suck mine own dick for a second i'm ready to greet the day you fucker <laughs> every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision <laughs> it's that dirty ass meryl street we are, we're touching wieners, touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Love dick. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.